Hello and welcome everybody to another fabulous edition of the Heat Ratio. I'm your host, Tony Cazzillo, at Ticatello23. My co-host, Mr. John Coker, at PGH John 36 And we're here on this wonderful Wednesday, uh, snowing outside. Uh, probably have to do some snow blowing tonight. Uh, we just got rid of one nor'easter, and now we're in another one. So, uh, for all the people in the state of Pennsylvania, not too much fun right now. Uh, yeah, or or New York or Boston. Boston coming out. I, yeah, the yeah, whole the that, whole thing. Yeah, that is true. I mean, it was it was wicked uh, over the weekend last Friday. Well, I'll so tell you it what, was it, wicked. Good thing I went out right when the right before the kids got home from school. I went out and I shoveled the uh, slush that was there, <laughs> the and I got. I, well, the slush is what weighs. I mean, that's like picking up a shovel full of water. So at least I got that that base down. I didn't have the additional, you know, what I mean, three to four inches of wet snow on top. But well, guess what? I did one better. I didn't shovel at all. I didn't snow blow at all. And the next day it was gone. So all you people that snow blowed out there and busted your ass, guess what? At the end of the day, I just had water, so I was good. Well, see, I'm, I'm a nice and neat neighbor. You know what I mean? Not me. If you're walking around 2 o'clock in the morning in my development, uh, then you got a problem. So, guess what? It could have waited to the next day, so that's what I did. <laughs> but don't, but don't tell me you're a grass hole in the summer. No, no. But here, <laughs> let me, let me I, I had a journey on Friday, okay? And it, it was one of the most horrific, one of the most annoying drives I've ever had in my life. I was out. For people who are listening, anybody who's a Philly person or a Pennsylvania person, I was out by Reading, past the Reading Phillies, uh, at a bowling alley out there for a regional tournament for my daughter. And it ended around 1 o'clock. Now, to get home is about an hour and 10 minutes. It took me five hours to get home. Okay? It was it was a night. It, it, literally, I don't think I've ever been to the point where I wanted to give up. And I've wanted to give up it was every road i went on whether a tree down uh, accident uh, somebody you know traffic light was out everything was backed up i i there was nothing i could do but my biggest takeaway and this is again you know me by now i always have my little issues but what what's the deal with people who wear pants that don't fit and the reason why i say this is i'm at an all-girl tournament okay for for, for that my daughter's a teenager, okay, senior in high school, all girl tournament. This is the regional finals, and you know, for those you've never been in a bowling alley, most of you probably have. Uh, when you go to these tournaments, it's very crammed. Tons of people, dude. Tons of people everywhere. So I have a little roundabout seat where all the girls sit, and then there's about four seats where the coaches. Now, granted, I say they sit, okay, and then there's. A back, uh, you know, for the uh, audience in the back area, uh, back area where people have their chairs set up and whatnot. So I get there, dude. I got prime seat and I'm happy. I'm like, yo, I'm right, because they do this horseshoe thing where the girls split into four lanes. So you want to get a prime time seat. So they tell you don't block the aisle. This and that. I'm good. I got a seat. Put my coffee down. Ready to roll. So this guy, okay, number one, he's like six five. Okay, so that's a violation in itself. Bowling alley, okay. I'm just saying, six five guys shouldn't bowl. But I, I'm just saying, it's not. If you've seen bowlers, tell me one you've ever seen six five. Okay, so I, I, I will, have you ever seen a six five bowler? You know what? As a matter of fact, my neighbor uh, is six five. He's the best bowler of no, us. He's I don't. Not. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I ain't a bowler. But I'll tell you what. He has this little shimmy shake at the end of his at the end of his role. It, it drives all. Just like wild thing, it drives all the ladies crazy. Well, well, he's one of the very few because the only other guy I know is Andrew Bynum, and we know how that situation went. But I'm sitting there and I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, this is great. Got a good seat. Watch the girls practice. This guy comes over. Obviously, he's a coach because you know he's a, he's an older man. So he walks up and he stands right in front of me, like like literally, like right in front of me. So now I'm thinking, all right, he's just standing there for a second. No, this guy. Stands right in front of me. Not to mention, his wife is sitting right next to me. This guy standing there, and every time he claps, he's got he, he's got a Russian shirt. When I say Russian, it means it rushes up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. little, so, yeah. and he's got half his ass hanging out every time he claps. Now, I'm just thinking. Now, you know, John, you've probably been there. I've been. We've all been there. What? You feel a little breeze. You feel a little something. But 
Maybe your wife grabs you, smacks you on the back and says, hey, hon, maybe want to, ha- ha- you know, hug the drawers up a little bit. No, this guy. And then when he bends over to coach whoever he's coaching, his whole ass is sticking out. Dude, how do you not feel that? It's right in front of me. I mean, people are chuckling. People are laughing. And his wife's sitting there like nothing's going on. How do you not say anything? Well, maybe she might have been getting the rise out of that. I mean, this might be something, you know what I mean? Yeah. This I, might, this might but be. But how do you not feel it? Uh, well, I. Well, there's a difference between feeling it and caring. You know what I mean? Sometimes. Well, he was hiking it up there, but it wasn't staying up. Wow. So, you know, listen, I'm just saying. I, you know, I can't just. I have I have nothing to say. I can't justify it. I, yeah, I've never had the issue. I can't, you know, and I would think that you would be smart enough to wear either pants. If I'm just saying, it was just, it was so annoying because I'm sitting there like, and, and I know people out there listening probably like, ah, you've probably been in this spot before, whether you've been in a line at the movies, whether you've been at a baseball game, and, you know, you get that one seat where that tall guy wants to sit right in front of you. You're like, are you really? Like, of all places, this guy's got to sit in front of me. I mean, I'm short, so everybody's taller than me. But it's like, ah, oh, it just, it's it's such a buzzkill, man. Ruined the whole day for me. He fought, they bowled five games, so he finally moved into the second game. But still, I just couldn't believe half his ass was hanging out all the time. It was just, it was just, it, it was absurd, to be honest with you. It really was. But let's get to some real stuff, okay? Now, I'm just, you know, it, it was just on my mind, but. You know, flakes are falling out here. I'm already already pissed off. But um, at the end of at the end of the show, we kind of ran out a little time, so we decided we're gonna flip the script a little bit. So we usually talk. We go right NFL, Phillies, Sixers. You know, we're gonna start fantasy talk first. Um, and and the funny thing is, when we talk about fantasy football, uh, fantasy baseball, because they're two. Sp- I don't play basketball. I don't play hockey. Uh, I know maybe some enthusiasts out there do, but uh, I'm just gonna stick to what I know. And we talk about. I'm specifically talking about in the 1990s and the year 2000s. And the reason why I bring this up is I noticed an article on ESPN uh, a little while ago when they were ranking like the top 25 fantasy players of all time. And it started having me think, like, of all the years I've been playing fantasy, like, wow, all the ridiculous seasons some of these guys have had. So when you start researching these things, you start seeing names going, oh, my God, I, I forgot about that guy. Or I, I can't believe this. So I start. Let's talk about some of the top fantasy football and baseball players of all time. So I threw this out on Twitter. I threw this out on Facebook. Um, and for football, I got some decent responses. Uh, a lot of people, the, the normal names, Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, Brett Favre. But the thing that got me was out of that 25, they were ranking all these guys. And Priest Holmes was like eighth. So... For me, Priest Holmes is is who I kind of who I kind of compare fantasy football to because he was that guy who, if you had him, you're winning you're winning championship every year. You won a championship with Priest Holmes. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't I don't see him any difference in LT or Falk. No. No. You don't think his his no. seasons were that much better? No, I don't. I don't. See, I, I think, make the difference. I, I think the biggest thing is he came out of nowhere with the first one. And then nobody thought he would do it when he left Kansas City. And I think that's more of what it was than, you know what I mean, anything else. But, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel that, you know, LT, Falk, man, they you, you could ride them the same way. It was just was the problem was guy. everybody doubted him. Like, they just no, kept they, doubting no, him. You right. know what I mean? They doubted him. It was like Falk was a consensus. Oh, he's the best in the league. He's in the best of the league. Priest Holmes was come out of nowhere. Oh, is he top three? No. What's he do? He comes out and puts up top three stats. You know what I mean? Year after year. So I think he was I, unstoppable, though, man. He was. He really was. I never had shares in Priest. Yeah, he he was he was he was my he was my guy when I when I think of top fantasy football performers, uh, the first guy I bring up is Priest Holmes every time. Uh, Mikey Gooks checks in. He says the same thing. Priest Holmes, and he has Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. Another one, right? Jamal Charles was, but but I don't know if Jamal was that electric. I, I mean, you know what I mean. I I don't think he was that electric. Well, he he never really had the touchdown numbers that a lot of the prolific running backs have. You know what I mean? Like I mean, he would get that, the receiving I think that's probably yards, lot, yeah. and he had a crap load of receiving yards. But in terms of I mean, you look at the Sean Alexanders of the world. And There's the another guy, right? And, yeah. Sean Alexander. I mean, you bring yeah. up a good point when you talk about uh, receptions. We're talking about the 90s. 
that was before PPR leagues really came into play. You were right. going standard scoring system, yeah. right? So yep. you know, so you want to talk about Falk back then? You know uh, what I mean? In the PPR, I mean, that's Lev Bell like. Exactly. You know oh, I mean? absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's consensus. And I'll tell you what, I'll even take you back. I mean, you know, we're we're Uh-oh. on the, we're on the running backs. I'll tell you, you know, I mean, you know, Falk was top three picks. You know what I mean? LT was top three picks. Same thing, Sean Alexander. Year after year, top three picks. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go back a little ways, and I'm gonna tell you two guys I always tried to target. And if I could get one and get another in a trade somehow, but I'll tell you what, my two boys, Eddie George, Ooh. Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin, man, he was just steady, and and, and he if, was steady. And, and if I could add a third, I'm going Corey Dillon, because those guys Ooh. were guys that pounded out 300 yards every year, double digit touchdowns, pencil them in for 12 to 14, 1500. You mean 300 carries, right? Oh yeah, yeah you said yeah. 300 yards. That's, that's oh a no, low. no, no, my let's say uh, you better yeah, pick three, some new guys. Yeah, 300 carries. <laughs> yeah, no, you, <laughs> no, no, I got you, you had me. No, I got. But uh, those were my three guys. I'm all, I'm always one. Look, I would rather draft a guy that I know what he's going to do, slow and steady. And when I say slow and steady, that's a uh, 80 yards and a touch every week for 16 weeks. I know I could count on this guy. Is that Eddie, and, Eddie George? That 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 electric? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. All three of them, all three of them, you could count on them week to week. And and that's what that's what's missing from the, today's game. There's really not any steady guys. I I don't mean I don't I know I would say Curtis Martin probably won a rushing title and Eddie George might have got one I don't think Corey Dillon ever did, but I'm saying these guys they were never number one but they showed up every week you know what I mean Barry Sanders one of the best rushers of all time, dude his fantasy numbers he might win you that week, and he might show up with twelve carries for negative two yards yeah, that's, you know yeah, what I mean and, and you're right still I hey I. One one of the best NFL running backs of all time, hands down, no question. I don't care how many moves you got, you're always going to be compared to Barry Sanders. He could turn he could turn a ninety yard touchdown run out of a negative ten yard loss. You know what I mean? I'll tell you, I yeah I I, I'm, I keep looking at you know how you always get those guys and you say, you know that guy screwed me and I'm never drafting that guy again. Yep. I look at Brett Favre and I want to wring his neck, dude. I remember. Dude, I was in the playoffs at first round, and I forget who my quarterback was, but he got hurt. So I said, I'm going to bring up Brett Favre. I said, he was playing against Minnesota at home. It was a prime game. And I remember, you know, White, you know, I went, it was a, I think it was a Saturday night game. It was a Saturday night game for some reason, right? And no, it was a Thursday night game. I'm sorry. It was a Thursday night game. So already, you want, you know, you play that Thursday night game. If your, your quarterback takes a crap, you're done. You know, your, your week's already yep. over. You know, your mindset's gone. So, I went to sit and watch the game. Of course, the wife had to go somewhere, and we had to go to probably Target or something. I, I don't know. but So, I get home. I throw it on, and it's like fourth quarter with like three minutes left, and the Packers have three points. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? Like, seriously. And this was – Minnesota wasn't even that good. So, he threw for like three picks. Dude, he got me a two. And I was like, mm-hmm. and he, so from that 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 time on, I swear to God, I said I'll never ever ever draft Brett Favre again. Just he hurt me. I'll never draft him again. But one of my guys, see, I'll, you you go back a little more with me. I couldn't even tell you Barry Sanders numbers uh, when it comes to fantasy. But one of my guys with uh, consistency was Matt Forte. I always wanted oh, Matt I liked Forte. Him. I had him. He was one of my keepers yeah, he, for quite a few years. I, I loved Matt. Matt always got the rock. He was always the guy. Caught yep. the ball out of the back. I mean, just, just, just another guy. So, you know, again, football, swing to baseball a little bit. And I think baseball opens our eyes up a little more. Because when I start researching this, and I knew, right, I'll be honest, First guy caught to my head. When if you asked me, you put a gun to my head and said, "Who is your best fantasy baseball player of all time?" I'm going a Rod. To me, it's a Rod. So when I look back, I start looking at some names. I'll give you some of the names I came up with, which is Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Okay, listen. 1997, 366, 49 home runs, 130 RBIs, 
143 runs scored and 33 stolen bases. That, that, that's insane. I would ne- I, I remember Larry Walker with the Rockies being good, but yep. I, I think that might have been. Did he win MVP one year? Uh, I, I don't know. Or he was I in the running, know, maybe. Yes, he but, was definitely in the running. I don't know if he officially won it. I mean, A-Rod, again, he, he comes up 2007, was his best. 314 average, 54 homers, 143 RBIs, 156. I mean, 143 runs, 156 RBI, 24 stolen bases. I know everybody's going to bring up the steroid thing. We'll get in that another day because I'm a Barry Bonds guy, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot of flack for that. That's okay. Ellis Burks. Ellis Burks. Yep. 1996. Are you kidding uh, me? Yep. Ellis Burks hit 40 home runs. And I drove in 128, had 142 run scores, and stole 32 bags, and hit 344. Yep. I, I would have never guessed that. And He'd got, got, a, and that got overdrafted like crazy Ellis the next year. Burks. Yep. I mean, you know, Todd Helton. He was, you know, you know he was, was a study of consistency guy. right there. That dude, that dude, his batting average, his entire career career was just like ridiculous. Ridiculous. He, I, I, 372 in 2000. 42 home runs, 138 runs, 147 RBIs. They're, they're the guys I I, I still I saw with A-Rod. Another guy, Mikey Goog, Sexton, Mark Teixeira. Remember Mark? Mark Teixeira had some ridiculous years. He had power numbers, but, man, that average uh, was nasty. Oh, he was like Adam Dunn. Remember Adam Dunn? He oh, would hit you 40 home runs at bat 201. Dunn, but you know what? But his batting average was so predictable. Oh, it was terrible. He would bat between 218 and 222 every year. So you knew kind of like Shaq's free throw percentage. You know what I mean? They're very, very close. Very close. There's a lot of guys. When you think about it, there's been a lot. Like over the years, I mean, e- e- even. And again, I don't go back as far as you do, John. See, and, so and, I, I'm more relevant yeah. to, to now and maybe the last 15 to 20 years. Well, you know, Sometimes us old heads got to, you know. No, I, I, you know, I hear you. You know who, you know who I, I used to ride? Who? I, in baseball, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Lance Berkman. Lance who, Ber- who is even more another, recent. Another. But Lance Berkman, Jeff Bagwell, prior to him, that was always my guy. And you, hey, ex-Philly, or actually all-time Philly, Scott Rowland. Scott Lo- Rowland? Scott Rowland used to put up numbers. I love that dude. Him and I'm, I'm going to give you two catchers. Don't say Piazza. That's one. Oh, I hate Piazza. You can hate him all you want. He was I, he was roided up, dude. I don't. Care. I'll just say I don't care. I give mean, me neither do I because I'm a Bonds guy. But I'm just saying he got in the Hall of Fame. But uh, well, the other one you'll never. Javi Lopez. Yeah, he, no, Atlanta I remember Braves when it was the that Braves, dude. Oh yeah, man. I remember he had some really good years. Yeah. Uh, really yep. good years. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't need that guy that's going to go number one, number two overall. I want them slow and steady. Exactly. I know what I'm getting. No, that, listen. Getting. Was uh, who was the who was the guy from Texas? Um, again, uh, he was really good, man. You always forget the guy. Juan from Gonzalez. Texas. Oh yeah, Juan Gonzalez. Juan another Gon. right. Juan Gon. Yeah, he was another guy, but. Yeah, I mean, and, and and I like to think about you know I like to touch on that kind of stuff. I mean, we spent some time. It's just it's just nice to look back because you know you, you see what these guys are doing today, and you start to think back. I mean, God, I've been playing fantasy for twenty years. You probably been playing for thirty years, yeah. and it's just like wow. You start thinking about it, and you're like, it's amazing. You think of these seasons because I would have never remembered some of these numbers, and you start researching nope. it, and you start thinking like in your mind, wow, some of these guys were unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, I know we didn't mention Albert Pujols, but, again, he was a uh, measure of consistency. Obviously, he was always a consensus number one guys pick. out there. But yeah. you know what? But, I mean, to me, the biggest takeaway are the surprise seasons. Yeah. And you never yeah. know what's coming up yeah. this year. I mean, You're right. the same thing happens in football as it does in baseball. Call-ups, who's the next Aaron Judge. You know what I mean? Ellis Burks coming out with this, you know, the season Ellis he he Burks. did back in '96. Ellis I mean, Burks. Hey, you. It's one thing if you rank him in the top four rounds. It's another thing when you put up a, uh, you know, what I mean, a forty thirty season. Like I'm just saying that's. They, hey, them hidden gems. Uh, there are so many more of them in baseball than there There's are a lot, in football. Man. There's a lot. Football, a lot. there ain't no minor leagues, man. Football, you got 32 teams with starting spots, and unless there's an injury, there's not too much turnover. That brings Base- us to today. Yeah. 
right? And, and, and we, we we talk about we talk about two thousands, we talk about the nineties, but I threw a, a, a little vote up on Facebook. Uh, for years, not sure. So, Facebook's a, a, an interesting animal. Okay, uh, we have a website, uh, and if you go, it, it's the Heat Ratio website, but it's brought to you by Fantasy Sports Addiction. It's a website I started a long time ago. So, uh, it has a lot of articles on there. So, the Facebook page is actually called Fantasy Sports Addiction. Um, it, you know, it has the Heat Ratio logo. Facebook's funny. I'm trying to change the name to the Heat Ratio, but they're crazy. They're wacky. So, whatever. It's all good. So, for right now, it's the Heat Ratio brought to you by Fantasy Sports Addiction. But I threw a vote up on there, and I threw it up on our Twitter page, too. And it was, I just took a position for this year. And I took the shortstop position. And... I, I two two names: Trey Turner, Carlos Correa. I'm a huge Correa guy. I love Carlos Correa. Not sold on Trey Turner. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure I see John shaking his head over there. So I threw the vote out there: who do you, who who's one, who's two? And the consensus was with Tony. So the consensus: sixty eight percent of the people say Carlos Correa, thirty two percent say Trey Turner. Who do you say, John? Who's you're, you're going Turner? Trey Turner. And, and and so, why do you think the consensus was sixteen to thirty-two? Top ten, and Correa, I'm not seeing as a top ten player. I'm not saying he ain't good. I'm not saying that I don't want him on my team. I'm looking at. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm staring at the stats right here. I mean, I do have them. I think they were both hurt last year, right? At yeah. a point, right? Yeah. Their wrist injuries. So, so I'm, I'm looking at the shortstop position. They're one two, and pretty much I have them one two by a pretty decent margin. But you're going Trey first. I got a little more runs for Trey. Correa got about ten more dingers. I mean Trey Turner will hit hit a few. RBIs, Correa, no doubt. That lineup. But Trey Turner is gonna steal the bases and carry your team in stolen bases. You got to look nowadays in fantasy. Now it's one thing if you're in a points league, stolen bases. Hey, all right, it's two points. You offset that with home runs or whatever it is, and it's really not a big deal. But if you're talking about rotisserie leagues, there are not a lot of stolen base guys out there that you know steal a lot of bases. You either got to get one guy that's going to do it, or you need to chip, get a bunch of guys to chip in, you know what I mean, 10 to 15, and just try to stay middle of the pack. You know what I mean? Do you want to overinvest in Billy Hamilton and, and pay a fourth, fifth-round pick for a Just, just for stolen bases. Right, right. exactly. I, I see what no you're ribbies. All right, his runs might be decent. I don't even expect a good batting average. You know what I mean? But Trey Turner's going to hit 300. He's going to chip in 15 homers. He's not going to have 40 ribbies. He'll have 60, 65 ribbies. I'm just saying the 40 stolen base differential means more than the 10 home run differential the I, other way. Hey, I, I, I could see that. That's, a, that's actually a good point because why would you want to sit there and invest, like you said, in, in, in a pick, excuse me, in a pick for the fourth or fifth round where you can get a guy in the first round that's going to give you both. So, no, I completely agree. Um, I thought what was interesting is on that same token, is, you know, some of the players, they said, well, boy, uh, you know, they they listed some names. I wrote five down here. Chris Bryant, Byron Buxton, Madison Bumgarner, Chris Archer. Actually, it's four names. I'm not in complete agreement with that. Now, I will say, and you're gonna you're the stack guy, so I'm sure you're going to give me something here, but I thought Chris Bryant, I think, is a guy who is overdrafted. But if I'm not mistaken, he's eligible at two positions. He's eligible third base in the outfield, correct? Uh, Is he still? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's still third base outfield eligible, which gives you a nice little flexibility. I know he was when I had him. Uh, I didn't have him last year, though. He is not eligible in the outfield. That say now that changed. So yeah. that was to me the only the only flexibility. But he's still a power guy. I just think there's. I don't know why you would avoid him. I wouldn't avoid him, but I draft him in the second round. Yeah, I I got Bryant in the second solid second round pick. Like so, right, why would right they why the would they want you to avoid any of these guys? Anybody stick out to you? Say, you know, maybe Baumgartner because well, the mean, injury. Well, I, that's the only one that I. Well, Ar- Archer, I don't know. It's a Tampa Bay team. That's that's, that's the only the thing, right? Market, okay, even if he puts up decent ratios, 
I mean, how many wins is the guy going to get? He has no run support. Who knows if he, he's even going to be there? I mean, he probably should be there the whole year. Uh, I think he'll be moved to the deadline. But definitely. I don't see the wins being there. Yeah, he'll get his he'll get his strikeout numbers. The ratio should be all right. I mean, I don't even know what kind of defense is going to be behind him, though, too. You know what I mean? So it's not uh, even that given his ratio, ratios are going to be there. Chris Bryan, I still he's he's a middle of the second round. I mean, call it what you want. He he's consistent. You know what I mean? He's going to give you your numbers. He's going to give you your hundred hundred plus RBIs. He's going to give you your thirty plus home runs. He's not going to kill you in batting average. You know what I mean? So I don't really see it with Bryant now. If somebody's taking him end of the first, yeah, there there might be a couple better selections. Byron Buxton, I see him. I mean, I liked we, him. Well, we still don't know who he is. They he, rushed he, him up through the minors. He had he had a nice nice half of the season though. It, yes, he did, and they and they rushed him up his first stint. They threw they put him back down in the minors. He came back. He tweaked his approach. I mean, you know, you could hear this all year, every year about every different player. You know, oh well, he changes his his batting. Yeah, I don't I don't buy it. You hear that. all this news, you know, mid May and this and that. You don't know. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I like Buxton. I like Buxton. I mean, I think he's going. You. I think he's going later than he should because he's still so. I think he's only about twenty four yeah, or whatever. Young. He got a lot. I mean, he got. He still got years to groom. Pitch recognition. He's you know he's had his time in the leagues. He's going to get you to stolen bases. I mean, his speed's phenomenal. You know, it's just a matter of can he keep that batting average up. You know, nah, you're so right. I'm I'm looking at him, but I'm not necessarily looking at him in the fifth or sixth round. You know what I mean? Like if I could get him in the, uh, I don't even I don't even want to start quoting rounds yet, but I'm not looking at him too early. But I'll tell you what, I like him as a number three outfielder. I agree. I'll, I'll give you that. Bumgarner, his injury last year that was due to what did he do? Shoulder. Yeah, no, yeah, it was a shoulder, but it was a dumb injury. It was a weird injury. I forget what he did. Yeah, it was. But it, it, it was. It was a non-baseball injury. Yeah, exactly. Is the bottom line. Fall down the steps, whatever boating accident. <laughs> I don't know. I forget. A little too much but, to drink. Well, whatever it was. I mean, I just look. I my brain can only handle so many things. I know it wasn't a baseball injury. Oh, I know that. Well, I deal with it on a weekly basis. Well, there you go. <laughs> But I really I have I have no fear of him coming back. Maybe not to the past four years, you know what I mean, when he's Cy Young, Cy Young. But I don't really see a step back for him. He's not top four pitcher, but I'm taking him in that next tier. You know well, what I mean? Well, that, that that nails it. So we we don't agree with any of those guys. So no, I don't know who made that list up, but if it's Eric Carabell, sorry, bro. Uh, Tony and John says, uh, uh-uh, not today. Uh, so that brings us to uh, you wrote an article this week yes, for uh, for the web, for the website called the fantasy hangover. It was kind of a a football in the baseball kind of thing, and uh, elaborate for us and let us know what, what you were thinking with that. Well, you know what? There's so many people out there that play fantasy football, and you know I was one. I started out fantasy football. I dabbled in everything. I've done basketball. I've done hockey. I've Basketball's done hard. Well, you got you got to stick it up for a year, and you have to be into the sport, and you got to do it for more than one year. You know what I mean? But what I'm going to say is, I remember when I first started doing fantasy, and what turned me off with baseball was I didn't know enough. There weren't enough resources for information, and the biggest thing was probably that there was a lot of daily transaction leagues, which. If you want to compete, you cannot, you know, uh, yep. put it this way. If you have an extra 20 to 30 hours on your hands to look at lefty-righty matchups for the Wednesday things and putting in your waiver pickups as soon as the first pitch of 7 o'clock comes for the guy that's going to, you know, that's out on the waivers that's pitching the next day, that's good. But I didn't have that time, nor did I don't have that patience on but nowadays, they make it so similar to fantasy football where a lot of it's points leagues. It's, you know, not even the rotisserie. So it's it's straightforward. Four, four points for a home run, three for a triple, two for a double, one for a walk. You know what I mean? It, these are things that you could add up in your head. And a lot of the leagues have weekly transactions, which means you set your lineup at the beginning of the week and you let it ride. 
That's how I like it. If your pitcher gets scratched midweek, well, yeah, it stinks. But you don't have to be sitting there every day. You get home from work Tuesday, you're eating dinner, and all of a sudden you hear something over the wire. Yeah, oh, that's, that's I got to do it, man. That's so tough. I mean, I just think that fantasy baseball. You know, I think it's the perception out there a lot that I don't know anything about baseball. It takes too much time. Well, look, first time you got into fantasy football, you didn't know anything about fantasy football either. It's a good point. You got into I said you, you watch football. But, you know what I mean, that doesn't mean you know fantasy football and who's actually putting up stats. You could watch football and you ain't drafting Isaiah Crowell when he's rushing, you know what I mean, when he's rushing for 1,200 yards and double-digit touchdowns, you know what I mean? That's that's not what a, uh, a football fan it does, but that's what a fantasy football guy does, you know? Absolutely. So the article's really just to kind of lay the basis. I'll tell you what, there's nothing different than, you know, free agent pickups, it comes – Sunday night. I'll tell you what, if you play in a head-to-head league, Sunday night baseball, have your starting pitcher pitch in Sunday night baseball, and this is for a win in your league, and it's no different than watching a, a Monday night football game to win your league in football. So point is, get out there and give it a try. You know what I mean? Hey, if you don't like it, so what? At least you tried it. But I'll tell you what, it's very interesting. There's so many... So many sites out there that have good information, waiver wire pickups, which we'll have on the site. You know what I mean? It's just, I say, give it a try. There's so much excitement. The April, May call-ups, you know what I mean? Second half players, when to trade players. It's it's just, it's, it is really exciting. And, you know, I, I always liked football. Football was always my number one fantasy sport. But I'm going to tell you, if you're a good fantasy football player, Dude, put your challenge up to fantasy baseball because fantasy football, everybody sticks up. I stick up my studs versus your studs. We could both have a crap week and I can get a, a win out of it or you could get a win out of it. Man, fantasy baseball. It's a whole different ballgame. It's man. a whole. There's so many different things. Position eligibility, two-start pitchers, minor league call-ups. I mean, there's just so much more strategy involved, and that's what really makes a good fantasy player. The cream comes to the top. You know what I mean? I if like that. Good, if you're a good fantasy player, you will succeed, and you got to try it in something that has more than throw my studs up that don't have bye weeks and see how it plays out. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good uh, really good piece, guys. Check it out. It's on the um, – you can find it. It's Fantasy Sports Addiction. Uh, it's the Heat Ratio website brought to you by Fantasy Sports Addiction. Dot com. So please check it out. And as we close this this segment of fantasy talk up, we're going to end with something we're going to call the fantasy firebox. We're going to give John a couple minutes every week. He's going to give you the top news. Could be anybody. Could be injuries. Could be a home run. Could be a statistic. Could be a lineup movement, call up, whatever it is. He's going to go through a couple guys real fast. It's going to be a quick rundown, a couple minutes. Fantasy firebox. Go, John. All right, I got one minute. I got eight guys I'm going to talk about. First, Otani. Look, I don't know how your league's going to score, but my league that I'm I'm in, he's you either start him as a pitcher or a hitter. I'll tell you what, for a two-way player, that ain't going to be good because he ain't going to get enough hits, enough at-bats. He's not going to get enough innings to really be that top guy that you really want. All right? He's going to be a great major league player, but until he commits to one or the other, he's not going to put up enough stats in your lineup for that. I'm going Paul DeJong. I'm not sold on him. I don't see that he's going to put up what people are expecting him to do. Daniel Murphy, injury. I don't know how that's going to affect him, but I'll tell you what, I'm bumping him down a couple notches. I don't know what he's going to come out with. You know, he's he's over-exceeded expectations for a few years now, but injury, who knows? Ronald Acuna. Look, he may, he may not make the team right out of the spring training, but I'll tell you what, this guy's going to be an April-May call-up, and he's going to be a major contributor. So if you got a, a, enough bench spots to draft him and stash him, I'd say do it, all right? Otherwise, keep a, keep a lookout. Reese Hoskins. I'm, I love me some Reese. I, I know you do. I'm skeptical of a full year. Full year of the stats. Do I expect 30-plus home runs? Yes. Do yes. I Do I expect 40-plus? No. No. And I will tell you this. 
I'm going with the cheaper version, three to four rounds later, and Matt Olson. All right, Marlin, Marwin Gonzalez for the uh, World Series champion, Houston Astros. Look, it's looking like he might he's going to be starting the year at first base. Gurriel, you know, he's starting probably on the DL. Who knows when he's going to be back. It ain't going to be long. But I'll tell you what, they always find a spot for Marwin Gonzalez, and don't forget about him when you're getting deep in your draft. Two more, Miguel Sano. This dude just mashes. He just mashes. But he has to not get sent to the minors and not get hurt. So if he could put up 550 at-bats, he's going to put up 35-plus homers. And that may go back to the Adam Dunn days. But, hey, you know, with his 220 average, who knows? But I'll tell you what, don't forget about him if you need power. And my last guy, you know what? My buddy Eric Cross on Twitter, he, he, he swayed me into Albies. I'll tell you what, middle infielder for the uh, Braves. I just, you know, the more I watch him, I watched a little bit of him in spring training. I know he's a hot prospect and everything. But I really think he's going to put up better numbers than people are projecting. So I bumped him up a little bit. I like it. I like it. That was a quick, that was a little more than a minute. You got about two and a half. Wow. That's all right, though. I like it. You sponsored this shit, season, man. man. Uh, absolutely. Hey, this is this is what it's all about, right? We switch we switch topics at the time, the off season. So we go a little fancy heavy. You know, we'll go a little football NBA. So speaking of fire, okay. Speaking of firebox, let's talk a, a little quick Sixers talk here. We got to talk about Sixers because hey, listen, this is the team that we look like maybe the next sport to win it all, right? I know the Flyers are hot, and I know Phillies are young, but the Sixers look like they're really starting to, to click. Yeah, they, they had a couple bad losses recently. The Milwaukee loss from uh, the other night was pretty bad, 25-26 turnovers. Uh, they were up by 20 in that game. You can't let another team come back like that because I'll be honest, besides Giannis, I don't see nobody else on that Milwaukee team. That's not, that, that very good. But, you know, all in all, the, the talk of national Skeptics is the rookie of the year talk. Everybody keeps talking about the Ben Simmons versus Donovan Mitchell debate, right? So Ben Simmons, for all you don't know, that you probably do if you're listening to this, uh, scored his 1,000 point over the weekend, uh, and he was in a, in company. Okay, uh, this is this is I give a shout out to my boy Classic Jeff on Twitter. Uh, you know, he's part of the fourth and John crew as well. Uh, he threw the stat at me. We got a, a nice conversation today. Uh, according to Elias Sports, three NBA players to reach a thousand points, 400 rebounds, and 400 assists at the fastest pace Oscar Robinson, 43 games, Magic Johnson, 58 games, Ben Simmons, 61 games. I have to ask, just like Classic Jeff asked me, where's Donovan Mitchell on that list? Not there. Okay, now I understand that people want to look at points. People, Paul Pierce says they should share the trophy. No, Paul, no. There's no share. No, no, Paul. Okay, sorry, not happening. Here's the thing with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, everybody's looking at him because he's scoring 19.9, just around to the 20, 20 points a game. But he's also only getting three and a half assists and three and a half rebounds. Ben Simmons is a triple-double machine. Okay. Yeah, he might only score sixteen and a half average, but he's averaging seven and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists. Okay, so to me that says something. Okay, and for you know why Ben Ben Simmons is taking his team to the next level of the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell will only be remembered for changing jerseys in a slam dunk contest. Okay, so that's all I want to hear about that talk. But the question I like to say is. Uh, you know, I know John. Baseball is kind of my forte, as opposed to you. But you, know, you hear a lot of people talk. But do they have enough to compete for the Eastern title this year with the team the way it is? And the, and the reason why I say that is because uh, John Johnson on WIP matched it uh, a couple days ago. We had an interview with Ilyasova, who they brought back. Okay, and he asked him, "Well, you know, you had other offers from other teams and chances to go. Why did you come back here? Why did you pick here?" And he said he felt that they have a chance to compete this year for the title. I actually agree with them. I really do. Yeah, I don't know if they could compete for the title. I'll tell you what, the team is... The Eastern title. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Uh, the The team is... Uh, they're like a conundrum. Sometimes They give up the big leads sometimes. 
I mean, they fell apart in the last minute of the game, but other times they look so dominant. They're a young team, and look, man. Right. They're a young so team. So they, they could do so much. You just you got to see a little more consistency. You, you do. know what I mean? Can they do it? Yes, absolutely. They could definitely, you know what I mean, pull out a couple series and, and win the Eastern title. I mean, but you just don't know who's going to show up for that team. I think the biggest thing I'm looking at now is they actually have a bench. They didn't have a bench. And, you know, you had guys like, oh, my God, thank God I don't have to see TLC come off the bench because I can't stand that guy. Okay, so luckily he's not coming off the bench anymore. Um, now you have Bellinini who can come off and shoot. Now you have Eliasova who can come off and shoot. You have, you have actual players now that can pick up some slack. You didn't have that. So when guys need to take a break, okay, t- listen, you know, John Johnson, a good point, and, and not to keep saying his name, but it, I, I really like listening to him. He has some good views. And he mentioned about the T.J. McConnell debate, and he's like, you know, listen, T.J.'s a nice player, but he's, like, to, to what you say, John, he's not consistent. He may right. give you 12 one night and give you nothing the next night. You you need more than that if you're going to compete for the title. You need more than that if you're going to compete against Toronto and Cleveland and Boston. Um, my biggest fear, and, and I'm not going to get hit for this, but my biggest fear with this team is that if they don't find a way to add that another piece, and I I don't I honestly don't think it's Markel Fultz, but if they don't find a way to add that other piece, they're they're just going to be Toronto. And I say that, and what I mean by that is they're going to be a team that's going to be at the top of the rankings every year but never really get to where they're supposed to. They're going to be exciting. They're going to give you those 55 to 60 wins, and you know, they're going to be in the two rounds of the playoffs, and then they're going to go home. That's what my fear is with this team. I hope I'm not right, but that's what I see happening. Well, I mean, that might be this year. I mean, like you said, they're young. I mean, they got to... They got to come into what they're doing. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, look look at the Eagles this past year. I mean, there is not much of a difference. You know what I mean? This was a team that was not expected to compete this year. I mean, they they you know, let's get to five hundred. Let's you know, let's maybe sneak into the playoffs. But it was not Super Bowl or bust. So and you know, we talk about trust the process. I mean, it's coming along. There, the guys are doing. You know, they're they're chugging along. They're improving. But there has to be some, I mean, I almost see there needs to be some veteran leadership or, or someone to really bring this team together and say, look, let's go for it now. LeBron. Like, not just trust the process. Yeah, we're, we're coming along. I mean, well, LeBron or not. <coughs> LeBron but, James. Yeah, well, I'm, gonna, I'm, just I'm, not, I'm not opposed to it, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? I I just think these guys. Now you're right. I I don't right. want to say that there's not enough pressure in them. But everyone says trust the process, trust the process, and it's almost like you're just nudging them along. Like yeah, go ahead, go do the next thing, go do the next thing, as opposed to really putting the onus on these guys. And I mean, I'm not saying it's fair to do it in year one, but somebody needs to step up and make this team not the. Not Toronto. You know? <laughs> Not Toronto. Like, well, here's the problem. They brought in a couple guys like that, right? They bring in J.J. Redick, who they brought him in for a veteran leader on this team. They're paying him $23 million a year. And unfortunately, he's turning the ball over in, in, in spots where he's supposed to be showing his young guys how to play. Okay? Another guy, Amir Johnson. Amir Johnson is another guy. He's a, he, he's a crafty vet. You know, Amir Johnson reminds you of the Chief. He reminds you of a Robert Parrish from back in the day. He's just a scrappy old veteran, gets some rebounds, gets some shots up. Okay, but I watch him last. He's turning the ball over. They're the guys that are supposed to be showing the young guys like Ben and Joel, and, you know, to not turn the ball over. So, yeah, you brought in the veterans to do that. Unfortunately, they're just not doing it. So, you know, hopefully Brett Brown can, you know, keep this train on its rails. And uh, I think they can do some damage to the playoffs as long as they keep clicking. I really do. Um, but uh, as far as Ben Simmons, uh, I, I still, hands down, man, rookie of the year, I give agree. it to him, right? Yep. Yeah, no, give I it agree. to him. So, speaking of rookie of the years, uh, you know, we're getting a little Eagles talk here. And the reason why I say rookie of the year is I'm talking about, you know, our, I know he's not our rookie this year, but last year, Mr. Carson Wentz. 
uh, story came out today, or actually not today, a couple days ago, I think Monday maybe, came out that the Eagles fully expect Carson Wentz to be healthy for week one. Uh, you know, they must have got some information on his rehab, uh, and it, it kind of, you know, coincides with all of a sudden that comes out, and then it's, you know, the, the news of the Eagles have got considerable offers for Nick Foles comes out too. So I, I don't think it's coincidence. Um, I, I, I really, and I don't want to get on this huge Nick Foles talk because I think it's been beaten to a pulp right now. It really has. I just, all I'm going to say is, I said on Twitter, I really feel that he will be traded. I think it is the right move. Uh, I think, again, the only way you can win in this league is if you continue to bring in new, young, cheap talent and you don't hold on to players too long like Ruben did in 2008 with the Philadelphia Phillies. So that brings me to Torrey Smith. And that brings me to Torrey Smith because we all knew when Torrey Smith signed here, he signed for one year. That's what he signed for. He signed for one year. And in that one year, we uh, we all we automatically knew that the way this contract was structured, that basically what he was going to do is he was going to be let go most likely after the first year. Uh, you know, and, and unfortunately that that's the, the the dangerous nature of the NFL. Okay, the, the, the guaranteed money is what these guys try to get for because the contracts, they aren't guaranteed um, the, with the way they're structured. So he hasn't been cut yet, but I think the consensus is that he probably will be. Okay, uh, you know, and that brings us to Matt Collins. And it brings us to Matt Collins because if you cut – listen, Torrey Smith was brought here to be the speedster, right? He was brought here to be the guy on the outside. He was got to break off the covers deep. Because Alshon is not a speed guy, right? Alshon's a big guy. He's going to go up and get you those big balls like you see he got in the Super Bowl. Uh, but with Torrey Smith, he did not do what he was brought here to do. So a lot of people say, hey, we're going to go Mac Collins. Mac Collins could slip right in that. I want to know, going forward, is Mac Collins enough? Me personally, if you ask me, I don't think he is. I think there's a reason why he was a special teams player in North Carolina. I think there's a reason why he wasn't a number one receiver. I don't think he has the speed to be a number one guy. I think he could be a really good slot guy or another guy, maybe an X receiver, a number two, but I don't think he's there to get a number one. Now, again, Mikey Goose checks in, kind of says almost the same thing. Not sure about Hollins. But the Eagles have to make a choice. He's right. Brings up the bean counters. Got to save the $5 million, right? Bean counter being Howie. Like we mentioned, good stuff by Mike. Again, I think we're on the same page. I don't know, John. What Do you think Mac Hollins is enough, or do you think you need to go out and need to solidify that position? I, I don't know. I mean, you look at how much did Torrey Smith actually do this year. I mean, he had a couple games where he – I mean, he blew up, what, two games? Three games, you know, maybe that, right? Maybe. But, he, but he did nothing else, you know. What I mean, the rest of the season, for the most part, other than chipping in a few catches here and there. I mean, Hollins may be able to do it. I mean, he really didn't have, he didn't have a consistent shot, and he's a young guy, you know. what I mean, if you put him in there and give him the reps with his quarterback, he may. I don't, I don't ever see him being. So, uh, solid number two and definitely not a number one wide receiver. Do I see him floating around the league as a number three, number four, a slot guy? Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I can see him doing a decent job at it, you know, talking about maybe, I don't know, 50 catches, you know, 700 yards or something. If, you know, but have we really, all we've seen from him as an eagle are, you know, good passes that he's caught. But you, he's really never been tested. You know what I mean? But he's not a speed part. guy. That's what concerns me, right? He's not, and I think that's what you miss. You need, you know, Aguilar has shown to you that he is the the perfect slot receiver on his team, right? So if you have him in the slot, you have Alshon on the left, who Alshon's your big play guy, right? He's not going to be the speed guy. He's your big play guy. You need a guy to outrun the safeties, right? That's what Tory was supposed to be. That's not Mac Hollins' game. No. 
Right? No. So that's what scares me. So if it's not his game, how can we say we're going to slide him right in for Tory Smith? Well, put it this way. It might not be his game, but I do remember seeing him blow deep on a pass and catch it in the end zone. You know what I mean? No, you're so, right. I mean, you can get a speed guy that has no hands, just like Tory Smith. You know what I mean? You can get a guy like that. I mean, like I said, I'm not saying that this guy is is going to be your deep threat. And yet, I'm not, you know. But now you don't have one, though. Right. Well, no, you don't as your number three. But you know what I mean? I'm saying if you have a guy, it doesn't mean he has to be, he could be your number four receiver. You know what I mean? You bring him in as the plays are needed. So much of this is schemed. And it's done, no, you're you know right. I mean, in advance where there could be personnel shifts. So if you're calling a play where you need a deep ball, all right, hey, Hollins, you're out. And, uh, I don't know, take your pick. Quadri Ishmael, you're in. You know Quadri what I mean? Ishmael. But, uh, but in all right. reality, that's you're what right. it was. you got to respect a guy with speed, whether he could catch or not. But you still got to put a guy on him. You know what I mean? He's still going to draw the coverage. You know what I mean? Even though, even though you never really did anything in the NFL, I just I I'd rather see a guy in here. And I I I give an example. He's a free agent, but he just can't stay healthy. A guy like John Brown, a guy like John Brown is a guy, you know, that's going to be on the outside. It's that's going to rip apart the coverage, and that is going to leave a guy like Nelson Aguilar, a guy like Zach Ertz, fly around in that middle soft zone, and 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 basically be free. So, I don't think Matt Collins is that guy, but I think when it comes to what the cap situation is going to be, they're probably not going to have a choice but to say, here you go, kid, let's see what you got. So, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's hard to fault these guys. And everybody says to me, oh, how, how, can you, how can you fault these guys? They want a Super Bowl. How can you doubt? It's not about doubting. It's about asking questions about – Look, just because they won a Super Bowl doesn't mean I have to be happy with every single move they make. Okay, just like the people, oh, you know, I want to see when they do trade Nick Foles. I want to see all these. Ah, oh, you know, we got to keep Nick Foles, and I want to see if they say if they get mad at the Eagles for trading Nick Foles. Okay, okay, because I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to flip the script. Like some of the media people out there, like some of the podcasters that I talk to, some of the Twitter folks that I talk to, they're going to flip the script, they're going to jump right on board again, and they're going to go away from what their previous judgment was. I think that's what's going to happen. But you know what? Enough of that. I'm done with that. Okay, I don't want to talk about the Nick Foles thing anymore. Uh, I want to talk about Saquon Barkley. You're a Penn State alumnus, right? Saquon Barkley has just been in the combine this week. Uh Unbelievable! He's been electric. He's been all over the news. I mean, we watched him on the field. You know what he can do. Uh, Bucky Brooks and NFL Network has said that if Ladanian Tomlinson was in this draft, Saquon would still be number one. That's remarkable. That just shows guys like this don't come around every day. So, obviously, Cleveland has the number one pick, and they have the number four pick. And, you know, they really like Saquon, but they keep saying they need, they need a quarterback. I get it. Now, I'm just going to – just to stay on Cleveland for a second, what I would do if I was Cleveland is I would take Saquon Barkley, number one. I would sign Kirk Cousins. And I said this today. I was on – I'm on to do a sports wrap. I do it every Monday, WENGradio.com. Guy Wayman, shout out, great guy, great host. Great segment. I do it at 4.05 Eastern time every Monday. I said this to him. He's a Cleveland guy. I said, listen, I would sign Kirk Cousins because I'm telling you why. I'm not saying I'm in love with Kirk, but Cleveland cannot afford to screw this up. They have five picks in the first three rounds. If they're ever going to be good, it's going to be this year. Okay? It's going to be whatever they do this year is going to make them excel into the next year or two. And they can't screw it up. I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. I don't care about Josh Allen's arm. I don't care about Lamar Jackson. I don't care about any of these guys. Baker Mayfield is my guy. That's who I would go with. But the whole thing is, Cleveland can't afford for that miss. Just say one of these guys aren't the guy. Then they're screwed. So my whole thing is, you sign Kirk Cousins... You start with Kirk Cousins, Saquon Barkley, Josh Gordon. You have a defense. You're competing you this year. about Corey Coleman. Well, he was hurt, so you're right. Corey Coleman comes back, right? And I'm sure you're going to draft a couple guys. You got a good defense already. You're, 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 you got a decent line. 
you can compete. What if this quarterback you draft is a miss? So what I asked on Twitter, I posted a poll at the heat ratio. If, and I, I thought this was curious. I think it was me and you were going to battle a little bit. If Saquon Barkley was in the 2006 NFL draft and the Eagles had the number one and number four pick, just like Cleveland does this year, what would you do? Would you draft Saquon or would you draft Carson Wentz? Number one. Well, I think this is almost even a dilemma that you deal with in fantasy. It's not where do you draft them. It's I have one and four, and who is going to be left when I draft of course. four? You know what I mean? So looking at the quarterback class, even minus Carson Wentz, I mean, we kind of hinted earlier, you know, if it was if it was strictly I have one pick, and is it Carson or Saquon Barkley? I would go with Carson Wentz. But if we're talking, you have first and fourth pick and this and that. I'm going with Saquon first because I feel that there are enough quarterbacks that I could get number four, just like if in a fantasy baseball draft, I'm I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, all right, I have the number eight pick. Do I take a hitter and hope that, one of the four pitchers I want falls to me in the second round? Or do I just go with the pitcher, maybe start a run, and get with whoever's left? So I would go Saquon knowing that I got three quarterbacks that I'm willing to take because now it's not – plus it's not the Cleveland Browns risking it. This is my guy. Sam Darnold, I'm taking this guy. Josh Allen, I'm taking this guy. It's no, I'm taking Saquon Barkley, and I'm going to let the other guys – take who they want and I'm going to get one of the guys that's left that you know what I mean it's really a toss up you could talk to the experts you could talk to whoever oh, you want absolutely. so that's what I would do if I were the Browns well the, 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 the Twitterverse comes in at they say 27% says they would draft Barkley and 73% says they would draft Carson now I think that's a little jaded and, and the reason why is we have to all remember, we did not know Carson Wentz was going to be as good as he is. We did not know that, right? We were going on the same thing we're going on with Josh Allen yep. and and Donald and you know and, and and Rosen and Mayfield, you know, and Baker Mayfield. Well, we're 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 all going on what we see in the combine. So all I'm saying is, I think exact. I actually agree with you. I thought you were going to say something different, so I actually agree with you because you do, and you just take what's left. But but my point to you though is, if what's left, nothing's a guarantee, right? Yep. I know if I if I go spend ninety million for three years for Kirk Cousins, I know what I'm getting. I know yep. I'm getting forty five hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, okay, and probably twelve. 13 picks. That's what I'm getting with Kirk Cousins. And if I have Saquon Barkley and I have Josh Gordon and I have Corey Coleman and I still have Joe Thomas and I have a decent line and I have a decent defense, I'm going to compete. I'm going to compete for the playoffs. If I pick Baker Mayfield and he is a bust or I pick Josh Allen. And the the Giants take Barkley. Right, and he's a bust. Right, what happens? I'm back. To ground zero again. So, hey, listen. All I can say to end this segment is it's a dilemma that I'm so glad that Philadelphia Eagles don't have. Okay? All we need to do is figure out how we're going to sign all their guys. But, again, we're running down to an end. Uh, again, there's I, I swear, we, we write all this stuff down and there's segments we don't get to, which is great. That just means that everything's flowing well. Um, just wanna, again, just want to thank everybody out there for the support as we close this out. Uh, we've been getting a lot of tremendous feedback, whether it be on iTunes, whether it be on Google Play, whether it be at the Heat Ratio, on Twitter, whether it be on Facebook, through email. Uh, we had a really good first month. Uh, waiting for the analytics to come in for the second month. Uh, looks like we had a really good second month, too. So, again. Play, play us on again. Alexa. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. John oh, yeah. plays on Alexa today. I, I, <laughs> I'm jamming on Alexa. I love it, man. I love it. In your cars, on Alexa, on your phones, whenever you get time. I mean, we greatly appreciate it. we got a good thing going here 
Um, and again, for you know, for me, I'm Tony Cotillo at Cotillo twenty three. John Coker at PGH John thirty six. And again, anything you want to hear? Hey, listen, you know, as the week goes on, if there's anything you're thinking of, hit us up on Twitter. We're always active. Go check us out. Uh, the Heat Ratio brought to you by FantasySportsAddiction.com. And again, have a great week. And we'll see you again next Wednesday. All right, take care, everybody.